Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter, and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions, and we answer. I am joined, as always, by my fearless and gorgeous co-host, physical therapist, lit senior teacher, and so much more, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. So glad to be here. So I'm going to launch right into a question from Rita. You know, Rita from our teacher trainings. She asked, question for the podcast Q&A. Were you and Kristen taught about how much posture matters in PT school, or was it something that came to you slash understand by yourselves later? My gosh. Well, first of all, PT school feels like a thousand years ago. And in PT school, you get so much information that you really... I don't know that anything sinks in deeply at the time, or if it did, it's so long ago, I don't remember. I really feel like my attention to posture came later with more experience getting into orthopedics. We definitely had a focus on the pelvis and the importance of treating more centrally. However, with that being said, there's still a whole lot of treating where the pain is. So I am as guilty as the next physical therapist of for years following pain and and not looking back towards the pelvis, towards the the center core. Part of it being, I mean, there was a time where I was treating patients every 15 minutes. I I was doubled, tripled at time. It it was like a well-oiled machine. (laughs) And so to really sit and observe some, like we do now, a lot of my private sessions are hour long and I'm just observing people. I didn't have that, that luxury. And so do I feel like I did a disservice for those many years? No, people were getting better. 
And, you know, I think you kind of came around to it, but the beauty of getting experience, going out into more of a private setting, when you pay cash for a, for a physical therapy session, you get better care. I mean, that because that person has more time to really really spend with you and and look at the full picture because they don't have someone before you, someone after you. They don't have to do, there's a lot of other external pressures. So I really think that being, becoming involved with Lit, becoming involved with Lara, where, you know, she had been in this private setting for a longer period of time. I really, and then also going virtual, to be honest, where suddenly I couldn't just use my hands and feel things. I was forced to really observe movement and observe how posture so greatly affects that. And that the ability for people to find a neutral scapula, neutral skull, you know, a neutral pelvis especially is very hard. And I've known that for years, but to, to see it without being able to use my hands, like my hands are tied behind my back, has been a dramatic shift in my approach. And it's taken me out of the equation, which is nice. I spend an hour with somebody and then I say, go forth and conquer. I'll see you in a couple weeks or I'll see you in four weeks or maybe never again. So by really focusing on posture, educating people about the importance of being able to find that posture, being able to maintain it, being able to move while maintaining it, and then also being okay with coming out of it at times. You don't, we don't want you walking around like a robot. People become educated and learn to know their bodies and start to listen to their bodies, and that's how they get better. So, and that was a very long-winded answer of, did I learn about it? Maybe. Did I apply it coming out of school? No. And why am I applying it now? Because I have the time and I have the experience and I've seen dramatic shifts in attention to posture. How about you, Laura? Well, I would say mine was a little different. I definitely had that as a root from the beginning. I'm really grateful my physical therapy class was small, which is just not, it's unheard of now. There was 26 of us in the class. And that's what, at the time, that's what all Duke would allow. So it's like thousands of people apply. To your point, there's so many classes. There's so much information. There's research. But one of my favorite teachers in PT school was my kinesiology teacher. So kinematics is the study of, of movement. And it, it is rooted in understanding structure because all movement comes from a resting position or a starting position. All movement comes from how a joint is being moved. So that was, that was just fundamental. And, you know, she was a teacher that said from the beginning, and this was 29 years ago, don't look at, don't look where the pain is. Like the pain is where this like is getting the burden, but it's not the root cause. And that is, that is, was rev, kind of revolutionary. I think at that time, because even before all the changes in the insurance, many PTs were really like doctors were really taught to look at areas of the body and treat from that perspective versus this holistic approach of looking at why this area is being um, burdened and is expressing the pain that it's actually coming from somewhere else. And so that was just that was part and partial of what I learned, which, and then on top of that, my first job in a clinical setting was in a rehab setting and posture was huge because it was 
uh, for wheelchair positioning. So I got a certification on wheelchair positioning, which sounds like kind of a, you know, like what kind of certification is that? It's very in depth because you want everything you're doing. If this, this person's had a stroke or is somehow affected in in a seated seated position and they're going to be in their wheelchair, you want the carryover of what you've done to help them when they're in the seated position. So the how you position their pelvis, that's where you go to in the wheelchair, the cushion that's going to best put their pelvis in neutral, that's going to best support that neutral spine. Because a lot of wheelchairs, just the, the basic ones are slumpy. There's no way you can maintain that. And so uh, it was part of my neurological rehab that, that you know, we, we looked at posture. And to Kristen's point, working one-on-one has only reinforced all that. Because it's like, again, I don't want to just treat somebody's shoulder. I want to know well, what is the root of that issue? Yes, there's imbalance around the shoulder. There's strengthening that's needed. There's maybe mobilization that's needed. But it's the shoulder is working off of the center. It's working off of the thorax, the spine, the pelvis. So you have to look at the whole thing. And, and so posture to me, when people kind of don't, you know, don't pay attention to it or don't think it's important. They're really missing the root, the foundation. And then to Kristen's point, you don't have to stay in neutral all the time, but you have to know what neutral is so that you can leave it. So if you feel like you're like asymmetrical, that's fine. But your brain knows what neutral is. And at some point is going to kind of signal to you, hey, you need to realign yourself because I'm starting to feel some some aches or some um, not great sensations there. So I, I am grateful for, for the start of that. And that of course has informed so much of what I, you know, what we teach, but working one-on-one was, was like to Kristen's point, hugely important and not being pushed into kind of a machinery that unfortunately the med, the, the entire medical system is where you have so little time to address the root cause. You're like given you know, up. Oh, this person has a knee issue and you're supposed to look at the knee when in fact, probably their knee issue is not, not been generated by their knee, but by somewhere else. So there's a good question. All right. So SVW101 asks, what are some simple steps to take now every day to be in less pain when we are elderly? <laughs> Everybody wants that. And I love that you're even thinking about that, but I also want you to kind of reframe that you, we don't have to assume as we get older, we're going to have pain. Of course, it's been modeled by so many people. We might know our grandparents or parents or aunts or uncles or just other people in our lives that as they've gotten older, they get these aches and pains. And and it does seem like it's just part of the package of getting older. So the first thing I would say is don't assume that you're going to be in pain, but do the preventative measures. And that's really what our lit program is about. You know, we often call it prehab. So what are the simple steps? Posture is huge. (laughs) Work on your posture, work on where your skull placement is because, you know, this whole head going forward encourages the rounding of the upper back. And that's not, that's going to be painful. That's going to perhaps elicit like that, that, you know, ugly hump that nobody wants as well as any, anytime your spine is imbalanced in one area, it's going to be imbalanced in the other areas. So when there is imbalance in a joint, there's, there can be the potential of degenerative changes, which would lead to that pain. If you think about posture, kind of, you know, piggybacking off of the first question, when we are aligned and neutral, what that actually means is that we are creating the most amount of surface area between two bones. And that is a really healthy place to be. 
That is where the cartilage in between is happiest, is where the energy exchange uh, that's flowing through the bones is most optimal. And then that sets up the, the muscles to do their job and you know pull on the bone. And in a way that that's like kind of pulling an arrow, you want that whole capability. You want the flexibility of the tissues surrounding the joint. You want the mobility in the joint, but it all stems from where that joint starts off. So simple steps, work on your posture, work on your core. I mean, it's the center of your body. I'm not saying don't work on your limbs, but if you work on your core, that is the simplest step. So do the reset, which is what we do in every class. If you haven't joined Lit Daily, join Lit Daily. We have a two-week free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Try it out. We also have on YouTube, we have uh, some free classes, many free classes on there. So the, and all of them are setting you up to age well, age gracefully and age without pain. Yeah, I, I would just piggyback onto that just based on, I've worked with a lot of elderly people and the biggest change I see in this population is lack of mobility. They, as we age, we, we are naturally losing fluid in our, in our soft tissue structures, but we really start to lose range of motion that we see it in the neck, in, in the in spine in the shoulders, in the wrists, in the ankles, in the feet, in the hips. That was probably the top five, I would say. And so really maintaining mobility. I do a stretch class. It's, you know, we have upper, upper body and lower body stretch currently on Lit Daily, where we're just doing mobility. I have a lot, I have a whole spectrum of people in there, but it's a great entry way into just exploring the range of motion that you have in your body. Because to Laura's point, the muscles need to be able to extend so the joints can come to a range of motion where we can create the most strength and power. And when we start to lose range, and especially if it's then in a poor posture, it's like a double whammy. If But having good posture and yet not having full range of motion really limits us functionally and makes us higher incidence of fall rate. I see really stiff feet, stiff ankles, stiff hips. So then the gait pattern changes, the walking pattern, making us more prone to falling and falls are the number one cause of death in the elder, in the elderly, because it's like, it's the slippery slope. Once you fall, it just, your, your chance of falling again, dramatically increases. And then you become less mobile. You become less, your cardiovascular is affected because you're doing less. So be strong in your core, have good posture, and then really maintain mobility in your joints. That doesn't mean cranking into end range. That means just exploring and moving through full. That's why we, you know, in, in lit, we have you moving in all different patterns of motion because we want to maintain that fluidity. But I do um, still prescribe to a regular stretching program. And I even, I almost should not even call it stretch anymore. It's just be called mobility because it's, it's really, my focus is more on the joint mobility than it is the muscles that we're stretching, because that's the key component, I think, for combating aging and starting that early on and maintaining it while you're maintaining the strength, while you have all that proprioceptive awareness of posture, you are going to prolong aging guaranteed, I think, with those three simple steps. Yes, I, I I echo that completely. And I think things like, you know, if you're sitting a lot, make sure you change positions so that you are mobilizing the joints, even in kind of a static way that you're not just 
sitting all day, but you get up frequently. We've talked about ways of doing that, putting a timer on. It's not sitting that is terrible. It's that sitting and not moving out of your seated position is not great, but sitting well and, you know, freeing your feet up. Like Kristen was saying, people's feet are really rigid. They get more rigid. Well, they're just stuck in shoes all the time. Start from a young age, free your feet, get your feet out. If you're at a desk in, you know, an office that might be a little bit trickier, but still, I think it's more acceptable to wear kind of barefoot type shoes and shoes that have the the very low heel drops that you are not conditioning your feet to be so rigid, but to maintain that pliability there because your feet are what's connecting you to the floor. And when they become rigid, you're, you are more likely to stumble, to, to not have the proprioceptors, which are the, these wonderful receptors that give information to the brain in this kind of nanosecond way of like where you are in space. And when you lose flexibility, when you lose that joint mobility, you're also impacting the receptors in the joint and making them kind of a little dumber and not as responsive. And so all of these things are setting you up to age well and to age without pain and to age without injury or falling. Yep. Okay, along those lines, we have Birani asking, why is it that so many people want to stretch the hamstrings, but you sometimes recommend that overstretching the hamstrings is not needed? So this is just kind of, this is a perfect question after that, is that stretching is one thing, but mobilizing the joint is another. So people will get focused on, because it's just like in the language, in the you know culture, like hamstrings need to be stretched. You run, you need to stretch your hamstrings. I've had conversations with doctors who are even like, oh yeah, my players really need to stretch their hamstrings more. And I just push back to that because the hamstrings feeling tight is not necessarily meaning it's going back to that very early question about, you know, pain is not where, where you're feeling it is not necessarily the root cause. So often the hamstrings are tight, but maybe they're weak. Often they're tight because the hips aren't mobilizing well and the hamstrings are overworking. So it's reductionist to just talk about stretching the hamstring to Kristen's point about stretching, we need to mobilize the hip joint. We need to mobilize the ankle joint. And then over, I found working with runners and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it as a runner, but I was a past runner, but I've worked with so many runners is that I never really take them into stretching their hamstring. We do it. Obviously this hamstring stretches and a variety of things we're doing, but it's really, how is that hip mobilizing? How are they moving laterally? How are they loading one leg? How are they keeping their spine neutral and extended while they're flexing at the hip instead of rounding in the back and and getting creating that tug on the hamstring? And that tug on the hamstring makes them contract, like tighten more because they're actually, it's a protective mechanism. So we want the hamstrings to be strong. We want them to have their full range of motion, but hamstrings are also a, a group of muscles that really help to help us move. And so we need them to have some inherent kind of tightness, stiffness to them. And that's not in the tightness of a joint. That is in that there's a readiness of energy exchange. They coil and they spring. So just focusing on stretching the hamstring is again, really kind of reductionist. Yeah, no, I agree. I kind of going back to when we were talking about how we always looked at posture. I remember when I first came out of PT school, isokinetic machines were the thing, you know, and everybody who had a knee injury, they would test the strength of your quads versus the strength of the hamstring. And 
everybody had dramatically less hamstring strength as compared to the quads. And we were all blaming, oh, it's, you know, it's because of that imbalance is why people are injuring their knees. And looking back on it now, I'm fairly confident that I got on that isokinetic machine and tested and my hamstrings are weaker than my quads. We were kind of tying it to knee injury when almost everybody's hamstrings are weak because we, our posterior chain is weak. And the hamstrings just happen to be what feel tight because of what you were saying, Laura. A lot of times we'll have that tilt in the pelvis. So they're constantly being pulled on. We'll have a rounding in the back the other way. So then they're constantly being pulled on from above or they are weak. So they feel tight. Now, how often have you been, have you done by you? I don't mean Laura. I mean, everybody, anybody, you know, done an exercise where you're really you know, localizing a muscle and it starts to hurt or burn kind of feels similar to a tightness or it gets really tight. You know, it's, it's funny how our brain to what Laura was saying, the message that we're getting is not always what, what is, is happening there. And so I would argue that we're all weak in our hamstrings as compared to what we quote unquote should be to be better balanced. And this is such a massive muscle group for it to be weak is a huge disservice to other areas of the body that then have to pick up the slack. So a lot of people who are complaining, I don't complain with the word, who are reporting feeling tight in their hamstrings are oftentimes also having back pain, also having knee pain, maybe having hip pain. And it's because of a dysfunction, just kind of a, a mechanical mix-up where if we can just create better balance. So a lot of times, you know, yes, I mean, you lie somebody on their back. Ideally, you're supposed to be able to lift your leg up 90 degrees in the air, both legs straight. That would be considered quote unquote, full, normal flexibility of the hamstrings. A lot of people don't have that. However, just because you don't have it doesn't mean that your hamstrings feel tight. That's the funny thing too, Laura. How many people do we know whose leg comes, you know, 120 degrees of hip flexion? They're the ones complaining of a quote unquote tight hamstring when they are hyper flexible in their hamstring. So there's the proof. People, and I would argue it's um, it's it's equal. I have the same amount of people who are well past 90 degrees of hip flexion my hamstrings feel so tight. My hamstrings feel tight. And I'm looking at them going, your hamstrings are not tight. Your, your hamstrings are hypermobile. They're feeling tight because of something else, whether it's weakness, whether it's lack of mobility in the hips, and whether it's because they're always on tension. So really re-examining this constant blaming of the poor hamstrings for everything. I, I don't think they are it's because they're tight. Often they're weak. The glutes are weak. The pelvis, the core is weak. So the pelvis is off, which makes the poor hamstring always getting beat up. Yes, because remember the hamstrings attach to the bottom of the pelvis at the ischial tuberosity, otherwise known as the sit bones. And so if your pelvis containing your pelvic floor, which is part of your core, your deep core muscles, including your abdominals and your low back, if that is not collaboratively strong, it put, does put more drag on the bottom of the pelvis at the hamstring. So to Kristen's point, really work on balancing more than stretching one particular area. 
and I've seen this over and over again, when we do that, when we do, when we get people doing the reset, reestablishing neutral pelvis and spine, getting their core integrated, that hamstring kind of complaint goes away. They don't feel it anymore because they brought in more kind of, you know, they brought in more players to help out with movement. So it isn't just burdening the hamstrings or overloading it or stretching it to an arrange that it's not happy in. So yeah, work for the balance. And, you know, on that note, again, go to our lit daily. We have a two week free trial. We have so many classes on there. You go to the filters, you type in hamstrings, you type in hips, you type in mobility, you type in 15 minute class or, or a 30 minute class. And, and you can really filter it based on, on the needs. So if you do think the hamstrings are an issue, take one of our classes and you'll see that even if hamstrings in the title, there's many things we do that are indirectly impacting the hamstrings, not just holding in a stretch. So All right. Thanks for everybody's wonderful questions. As always, you can leave any questions for us on Instagram, on our direct messages. That's a great way to find us. Kristen is kbwilliams99 and I'm lara.hyman. You can also email support at lityoga.com. Please um, make sure that you rate and review our podcast. We love seeing that and that helps us, you know, stay afloat and keep going and know that you're really engaged and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll, you'll never miss one of these wonderful Wednesday Q and A's. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. As always, we are pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.